We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McGeckron, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. I discovered pinups around 2009 when I was in a fairly major period of personal creative growth. I was impressed by the magazine's simplicity, beauty, and I just thought it was really clever. I knew it was created by a single individual, and that fact inspired me to wonder, what can I create? Seeing pinups activated my creative brain. In this episode of Eager to Know, I'm excited to share my conversation with pinups founder and creator, Christopher Schultz. Um, so I'm here with Christopher, Christopher Schultz of Pinups Magazine. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. So I want you to tell people listening to this what about your magazine. Okay. Describe it. Okay. So the simplest way I describe it is it's sort of the, the concept of the Playboy centerfold, but expanded over every single page. So okay. every page is, is an image. There's no text or anything like that. And everything's full bleed. And you can take the um, binding apart and tile the loose pages to reveal a giant image. Um, so it's in a way, it's a giant puzzle. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because I, I think it kind of plays with the book form. And um, it's pretty loyal to printed material. You know? Okay. And tell me about the subject matter that you you know, describe the subject matter. Oh yeah, so of course, yeah. So the subject matter is all male nudes. So it's a, it's a queer publication. And um, mostly they're shot in, you know, well, various places, sometimes in, 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 a, in someone's home or artist studio or, or out in, in nature. But it's, and it's all black and white. All, everything's printed black and white, offset printing. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for describing that. So I discovered pinups I think in 2009, I don't know how I found it because this, I don't even think Instagram was out. Um, <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been MySpace, but I thought it was awesome. Like as soon as I, as soon as I saw it, I thought it was amazing. Um, I ordered a couple of issues and um, what, uh, first of all, the, the men that you photograph are just really beautiful um, it's like really sexy, but not like, it's not like porno. It's just very sexy and cute and fun. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that's how I thought, thought it was. Um, and then also the fact that as you describe, you can pull the staples out and then you can, as you can assemble it into this giant poster. That's like three feet by six feet. So you make the you become part of the magazine almost like you're suddenly engaged in the product that you just purchased in a way that you normally wouldn't get in a, um, you know, in a, a standard magazine. And because it's so large, like you have to put it on the floor to assemble yeah. it. So it's yeah. kind of like this physical um, experience. And I remember one of the first times we assembled it is, uh, I think it was 2009, 2010. And I was part of the uh, New England snowboard, gay snoop, snowboarding club. And so we had like a ski house in Stowe, Vermont. 
and I brought my pinups and we assembled them as a, like all of this house full of gay guys. And we just had so much fun doing it. And I think that's when I emailed you just to let you know how much fun it was. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. I like to, I love to hear that. Um, it's funny because for me, I'm like, I've, I've assembled them so many times for exhibitions. So when I do it, I'm like, oh, have to put another one together. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's fun. So where did you come up with the idea? And when did it start? Um, you know, I had like, I had a number of, of things that kind of culminated in, in the idea. Uh, I used to, when I, I moved to New York from Chicago, um, you know, in my early 20s. And at the time I was interning at Printed Matter. So I was exposed to a lot of artist books and um, I was really sort of in, into the, the sort of indie, you know, self-published work. And Printed uh, Matter is what? Oh, I'm sorry. Printed Matter is uh, an organization in a uh, nonprofit organization based in New York. They've been around since the early 70s and they specialize in artist books. And they also produce the um, sort of famous Printed Matter, New York, Art, LA and New York Art Book Fairs. It happened every year. Um, so that, that was sort of like an early New York lifeline for me in, in you know, my creative world. And, and it was really inspiring. And I, I think being exposed to a lot of these books was, was very inspiring. And so, um, so there was that component, but then also separately, I was very into looking at and trying to uncover older queer publications that were sort of outside of my like definitely not part of my um, generation or anything like that, like early pre-AIDS publications. Like, like, um, like straight like, to hell. Yeah. Like, um, uh, like magazines or newspapers or everything. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Like you magazines, but like also self-published, like, you know, straight to hell uh, was, was a, the uh, Manhattan review of unnatural acts, I think is the full what name. Was that? But, uh, what was that? It, it was published by Boyd McDonald, and I think it, I want to say it began in the 60s, or I think it was mostly ran through the 70s under, under his creation. But, um, but, you know, he was in New York and publishing, self-publishing, printing, collating at home, and like kind of doing what, what I do with pinups, you know, self-distributing. And it's sort of legendary now, this sort of legendary queer zine that was the basis and inspiration for, for Butt Magazine. Um, and, and I was exposed to Butt Magazine when I was still in Chicago. And that was also an early um, uh, publication that, w- that meant a lot to me early on that got me interested in looking at some of the older publications that came before it and, and kind of wondering, like, why isn't there more of this for my generation? You yeah, know, so where, where did all the cool queer publications go? And yeah. was, so this, was, of- was this stuff that you're describing, was it both um, text and imagery? Uh, yeah, articles. Well, I know Bud is articles and imagery. Yeah, so so straight to hell was more like people would mail like send in personal sex stories, and then they would be published alongside kind of like stock photography of like you know pornographic gay sex, or mm-hmm. or I don't know if maybe the images were were actually also submitted, but they were never never really like connected. Like the story and the image weren't necessarily you know to uh, right didn't go together but it was this really nice cool weird publication that um um that i think inspired a lot a lot of of later queer public um publications and and what's so interesting about that is that is so important for gay people so what was this like the 70s 
predominantly yeah and, okay. and it continues i think even now with I, I don't billy miller is now sort of the publisher and i don't think he's published a new issue in quite some time but it's still kind of like still around in, in other forms i guess what i'm getting at is in the 70s if you're a man interested in men and mm. you're living in the middle of the country there there's nothing so these magazines they had so much value to them yeah. it was the only exposure to you know to gay erotica you know potentially i mean if you're living in kansas in 1972 i don't even know if you can get um you know porn gay porn i don't even know if it would have been in a movie theater back then oh, oh right right yeah i mean in print at least i'm sure everything was mail order okay so this stuff was mail order yeah describing yeah, yeah yeah very diy you know like okay. self-published and um yeah so so that was definitely like uh, one thing i was also looking at at the time and then separately i started to just think about large-scale format in like weird ways like i was really inspired by the in the background of this one bar gay bar scene in fox and his friends from this like 75 there's this like beefcake this poster of this like beefcake guy that looked maybe like life-size and i was i was interested in that and then i was interested in um after dark magazine from the 70s had these like really great ads in the back and one of them was a beach towel with like a beefcake on it and and so that was another bit of inspiration where i was seeing these kind of like larger scale images that yep. that seemed really cool and i thought huh that imagine if like a magazine like the centerfold was that big and um i think there was even a publication in printed matter that that took this idea of one image across every page where you know each page individually is abstract but and this one you didn't take apart and reassemble it it was but it was more conceptual that you know here's a giant image but you'll never see <laughs> really see it yeah. um whereas with mine it was meant it's meant to be disassembled and and then reassembled as a poster and in a way what's interesting about that and what's unique about that is it speaks so specifically to the print um printed form because people sometimes reach out to me and they say hey you know is your magazine ever going to be available electronically for like as a pdf download i'm like no of course not like you lose all that that concept and that what you were talking about that physicality of, of experiencing taking apart putting it together and like that's all like that's the meat of the concept to me yeah so that goes out the door once it's not on paper anymore you know yeah so do you have a it sounds like you have an affinity for printed material in general yeah, big time okay so tell <laughs> yeah tell me about that i mean obviously i expressed my experience with um you know assembling the uh, the poster uh, also the you know being able to hold it in your hands there's something about that but tell me your you know what your thoughts are on that topic i mean i i've always been into print but i think it might have to do with that you know i was a kid of the 80s and print was dominant and and you know like all digital was was aol chat rooms you know so my ex experience of like culture came from magazines printed material um, album graphic design, like album art, you know, that was my go-to. And that was sort of um, something that I always kind of fantasized about engaging with, you know, as a creator, I'm like, oh, I want to make, 
you know, I would make like cassette tapes so that I could design the J cards. Okay. So that's always been a sort of a deep passion for me since I was very young. And so that still to this day runs through. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, print, print has always been really important to, to me. Yeah. There's something about, um, you know, you mentioned album covers and yeah. that was such a big deal when a new, when a new record was released when I was a kid, it, you know, it was the album that you would get and what yeah. was on the album cover. And then you had the sleeve. Yeah. Does it have lyrics? Does it not have lyrics? Sometimes there was a fold out and that yeah, was yeah. like this big bonus. Yeah. Um, and that was a really big part of the experience and this is before music videos. I mean, that's how old I am. So I, you know, but it was very much about being in the, your bedroom with your friends, listening to records and looking at the, you know, the, the physical printed, printed matter. Yeah. It was funny that you say that because there was actually a particular issue of pinups where I kind of did a nod to that old format where we did this, the scene was, um, the model was listening to records on a turntable and dancing around <laughs> totally. the house naked. And I was more about like that kind of like the ritual of that format where, you know, you have to physically flip the record and, yep. and all that. So I, I was, I was, I was definitely tapping into that, you know, through my love of print and it being kind of uh, like an older format, but that's still celebrated and has its own, brings its own rituals to the table. You know, the things that are, unique to print or unique to the vinyl format that you don't get with other formats. And yeah, I mean, I, I love all that stuff. So I know the app, I have the, uh, the um, addition with the guy uh, in his apartment with the records uh -huh. and that's super cute. So let's talk about your models. So where, and I have a story about one of your models. Oh yeah. Uh, so tell me about where, where do you get, find these guys? Um, you know, it ranges, but mostly they're friends of mine. I mean, okay. you know, when I started making the magazine, it was, I was pretty, yeah, I was like in my mid twenties and, you know, I didn't, all I had was like my social circle. And so it was people I knew, you know, um, someone I was dating at the time or just a good friend or, you know, I mean, or someone I, and then later on it, when, when the magazine became a little bit more known, I was, you know, I, people would reach out to me and, and, and um, so then I was connecting with other people, but, but yeah, originally it was just my social circle. Okay. Uh, everyone yeah. on my age and, you know. My favorite models are the two guys that are sort of wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, I thought they, one, they're so cute. That one was fun. That one was inspired by, have you seen, do you, are you familiar with Ken Russell's film, Women in Love mm -mm. from like 1969? There's this famous scene where um, Alan Bates and Oliver Reed wrestle naked um, in front of this like fireplace. And it's really like a show of, I guess like, I mean, they're, they're, they're friends. It's not a sexual thing, but, um, but I was just really interested. It's a sort of really famous scene and I wanted to kind of, recreate it in print and actually that location where we shot it was a, a room at the chelsea hotel oh really own really cool history so i was happy about that one that i can kind of you know tap in a little to, to new york city's history and, and have and be part of the history of that hotel that sounds like an amazing um way to be creative 
So not only that you actually get to create these scenarios and sets um, that you think up and you want to express. So yeah, tell me about that, that process yeah, of. I, yeah, I, I, I'm an artist in New York that has no studio. So for me, you know, it's really a matter of like, okay, where can I shoot? Where can I shoot? You know, a uh, friend's house, you know? Maybe I'll rent a room at the Chelsea Hotel for the night. And like, and it was, it's really about being in New York and through most of it. I mean, I've done some issues where I got to leave town and, and that was also like really exciting and, and, and motivating to be in a new environment. That was actually really brought a lot more to the table. But, but, but working in New York, you're really, and especially since I'm just shooting nudes, you have to be in an enclosed space. It's really hard it's really hard to find, you know, a good location. So I, you have to be creative. And I'm like, I also don't have a car. So I'm like running around with like my, my <laughs> equipment and it's, it's kind of messy, you know, it's hard and be, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, um, I only do the shoots when I'm like, when I have a project, you know? Yeah. So I guess what I'm wondering is, do you think of a concept and then based on what you know, you have access to, um, like, how does the idea come from? Like, I know you have the desert one, you have the hotel one. There was one, I think, that was in a cabin. Yeah. It, I mean, the concepts come from different places. Sometimes it's like, I'll, I'll have finished one issue and thinking about that process will lead me to an idea that pushes me in the direction of the next issue. Um, so there's, there's that part of it. But then also it's just, an op you know, if an opportunity comes up where you know, I'll, I, maybe I'll go to someone's apartment and be like, oh, wow, your apartment's incredible. I, you know, would you let me shoot here? Or, um, I mean, obviously, I think I, I might have been reading about the Chelsea. I mean, and Chelsea Hotel is just a thing you know about. Mm -hmm. And I, of course. and I, you know, just went there and booked a place. But, um, yeah, it kind of depends, like, issue to issue. Um, I don't know. I, I also do them infrequently enough that every time it's a bit fresh when I come to it to be like, oh, you know, I want to do this this time. Yeah. Um, I'm not pressured to do, it's not like I'm making one every month or quarter, you know, it's pretty, it's not very consistent. Yeah. Are you on a schedule or do you just do them whenever you feel? Not at all. I used to be on a bit of a schedule because I was really committed to always being uh, an exhibitor at the New York Art Book Fair, which was usually in like September, October, like fall time. And, and that created that gave me a structure, like I had a due date, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's always helpful. And then they started doing the book fair in LA. So then I'm like, Oh, I have a due date instead of every year. I have it every six months, you know? But, um, but then I got to the point where I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to do this when I feel like it. And, and like this year, for example, I didn't produce an issue because of COVID and all, all that. But, yeah. um, but yeah, I feel like at this point, you know, I've done, I've done, um, Actually, I've done 20 issues of the original series. I'm like, I'm done. You know, at 20, I cut it off. And then I decided, I, you know, I took some time off from it and then decided to kind of start it up again, but sort of in a new direction. Um, so now I've started this different, different series called Pinups Artist Series. Okay. Where instead of do, doing the photography myself, I mean, the original series is like a one man, you know, project. Yep. I'm, doing everything yeah but now I, I i've started to tap other people who who you know who i admire who um are photographers who work in you know so is that the desert one where the guys are in the cruisy area yeah that was the, that was the first issue of that one and that's the i didn't shoot that it was my friend patrick lee in california who's an incredible <laughs> artist he does amazing 
um, graphite, hyper-realistic um, graphite drawings um, that are amazing. And then, and then when it, with photo his photography work, it's, it's actually mostly landscape. Um, but what got me interested in, in working with him and kind of switching, switching um, how pinups is done is that, you know, I was kind of really got in my head about, you know, limit, lim limiting myself for the sake of maintaining a consistency that, um, you know, I felt was really, it was really exciting to break out of that by inviting someone else to, to produce photos who would come in from a different perspective, who would have a different approach, who maybe um, would tap models or, you know, the, the subject differently than me. Like Patrick's um, the subjects for his portraits are usually people he just like, will go up to on the street and show them his work and be like, I, I'm an artist here, my drawings, can I yeah. take your photo and do a portrait of you? I would never do that, you know? So he has yeah. a completely different method yeah. of creating images. And I thought it'd be really exciting to kind of open the door and also to like break my, you know, all, all of my like the rules that I've set up for myself, you know, like he, he came to me and he's like, is it okay if this is a little more sexual than, you know, the usual yeah. pinup stuff? I'm like, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't, yeah. That's the point. I want you to do, make it, you know, do something different than I would do. So he was the, I did the first issue with Patrick and that was really, really cool. And it's incre incredible. And it has, and it has docking. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't even there. It, 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 it the stories that came out of that shoot are pretty interesting and crazy. And they kind of come into the magazine points, like his car <laughs> broke down and the tow truck driver who picked him up was like, you know what goes on around here, right? I thought and that was uh, fabricated. No, that was a real oh, quote. That's, awesome. that's a real quote. And then there's a, the back cover of the magazine is a picture of his car on the, you know, tow truck. That's all like that all happened nice. <laughs> that's, like, part of the story of like getting this these photos yeah. um, I think he went through hell to get these pictures I think it's but, um, I think it's fantastic like I think the end result is wonderful and I love the one where the guy's laying out and he's on it's like a sheet or a towel that says USA yeah and it reminds me of when I was a kid uh, I, there was tons of woods around my house and there was always forts that the teenagers made um, where we would always find porn magazines and stuff. Um, yeah. But there would always be stuff like that, like blankets and things. And that's what it reminded me of. It reminded well, me of stumbling upon like a place where people would hang out and who knows what would be going on. But like, well, that's, that's really where that place is. Apparently yeah. it's in, um, it's near Joshua tree, not quite in Joshua tree. California and it's like this cruising ground and yeah. there's weird stuff everywhere. There's like tires and doll parts and like ma bare mattresses and guys cruise in that area. And I think that I, I imagine that blanket, he might've brought that, but it also could have been there. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like how you describe where like, there's this, you know, it has this sort of like fingerprint of like activity. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely got that from, yeah. From that, from that edition. Like at the uh, very last page, there's a guy walking in the distance and he's got a shirt and no pants. And that guy was just there. Oh, I assume that was one of the models or something. Oh. I got to relook at this then. It's a really cool issue. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. 
And then so, the one after was with Paul Sapoya and Dorian Wood, which was also super fun. So I haven't seen, I'll have to check that one out. I haven't yeah. seen that. So one of my favorite um, ones was the, so the summer of 2010, I had a place in P-Town mm -hmm. all summer and I had one of your pinups assembled on the kitchen wall and, and it was the one where the guy's brushing his teeth. Okay. That's I think Scott. his name's Scott. Yeah. Number 10. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, I would take pictures all the time of like people in my kitchen hanging out and you would have Scott in the background and he, it's a full nude and you can see his dick. It's not hard, but you can see it. Facebook would, the, the uh, robots in Facebook would detect that picture oh, in God. the background and they would disable my account. Oh, and God. I had to, uh, just because it was in the background, uh, and it, this happened twice where it got disabled and I had to like agree to all these things before they would enable my account. So just that was interesting because yeah. you know, normally I don't take photographs of nudity and post it on Facebook. And I thought it was interesting that Facebook um, kind of caught that in the background twice. It was just accidental that we had it there. But anyhow, I used to, so I would, I would be looking at Scott all the time. And when people would come over for drinks, this is Scott. And it was like the big joke at our place. Wow. And so one day near the end of the summer, I'm getting coffee and next to me is Scott He's <laughs> in real life. He's standing right there. So I totally recognized him. And I'm like, I am trying to explain without sounding like a weirdo that his poster is in my house. And I asked him to please come back. It was right down the street. And he actually came up. And um, so I met him. And I have to tell you, he was more handsome in person than he was um, in the magazine. He was absolutely so handsome. He was so sweet and nice. And he took a photo with me. Um, we didn't take a photo with him, with his uh, uh -huh, here because it was naked, but we took <laughs> a picture of me, him with the wrestling guys. And uh, yeah, so I got to meet him and it was very funny. Oh, cool. That's, that's a really funny story. I, I asked if you recognize him right away just because he looks, or at the time looked very different than in that photo shoot. We did that, that photo shoot. The concept was this more, I wanted to present the sort of narrative story of a morning routine so yes the opposite of porn where he starts out naked and by the end of it he's clothed totally and so we put him in this like tom ford suit and everything and like i'm like can you trim your beard and like clean it up and he's like oh because you know he, he was kind of like more hippie-ish you know and he's just like oh i don't like this <laughs> it was funny um, no it was great and i love the fact that he started out you know i love the the story the story that yeah. was told. And I think he told me he was the only one at that point that had an erection in the magazine. He seemed to be very proud of, of that. Right, because it starts with Morning Wood. Right, right. And the real cheeky thing that I kind of forgot about was I was really trying to go, like, take this, like, idea of, like, the progression of porn and reverse it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's do, like, Morning Boner, um, but it's not sexual because it's Morning Wood. And then... Right. Just, you know, you brush your teeth, you take a shower, you know, you put your clothes on and that's the end. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was wonderful. And I liked it so much. He was, he was the poster I chose for P-Town. <laughs> well, one of the things you mentioned made me remember or made me think of something interesting about the posters, which is that they are printed, you know, because they're enlarged so much, the way I deal with the resolution is by, um, I use, um, 
like the halftone, uh, which is the dot pattern, you know, mm -hmm. that um, offset printing uses. And I just enlarged that, that halftone. So it's like a lower resolution halftone. But I like, I prefer that than like digital pixelation. And it's just, you know, it, to me, it's print language. So, so I, I like the idea that the, that the posters are made up of like, you know, that halftone dot pattern. But what's interesting about the halftone dot pattern is that if you take a picture close enough, the um, Facebook, Instagram um, bots don't detect it, the image. It, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, because if you take a picture close up enough where all that it is is dots, the, the bots don't catch it. Oh, meaning the nudity or yeah, they don't see the image in it because they just see a bunch of dots oh i mean if you take a picture of the poster pulled back far enough you don't see the dots and you can clearly see the image but if you you know took a close-up shot it wouldn't notice okay well that's good <laughs> to know in my experience i've done like a picture of very really close-up picture from one of the pages um and it just goes completely unnoticed so I did know, I'm not familiar with like the printing process, but I did notice that the way the dots are expressed, like they are, it's very different than looking at a magazine, like a right. standard magazine. It looks different. Uh, well, so if you were to look at a, a standard magazine under a magnifying glass, those dots would look, you know. Okay. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's just a lower resolution halftone pattern. And then the other thing is the, the paper, like uh, the matte paper is just, is really lovely. But can you tell me about why you would choose that? Um, yeah, I was, it's actually, it's not even matte, it's uncoated, which I really liked aesthetically. It's cheaper, it's raggier. I liked it, I like I, I liked the idea of this kind of cheap old paper. And it, it, it's funny cause you know, in the beginning I was really interested in these like kind of old sixties um, physique pictorial type of like, you know, um, men with like, naked like naked portraits and stuff um and it had that feel but then as i you know as time went on and i became more precious about the photography i started to be like oh like i don't like this i could because if you shot on like a matte or gloss the photo like the lushness of the image is it's just much better it comes through much better but i'm like no nah, that's you know i'm i kind of keep with that kind of old um raggy look so yeah it's sort of hard because even like with like Patrick's photos, they're like beautiful. And, and then like we print it and it's like, oh, these photos could look even better if they're printed with in gloss or, you know. I mean, I, I'll, what I can tell you is I would not be talking to you now if that was a glossy magazine. Like there's something about the look, the feel of it that really connected with me. Like, and I think it's very unique and I think it is, you know, it's obviously the photography, but I think it is also the paper. There's just something about it that's very unique. And also the fact that there's no narrative, like there's no text. Yeah. Um, so is there, can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, the first couple or the first four, the first three issues I, the, I did, um, it was like a double-sided poster, meaning that, you know, the interior, nowhere in the interior did you see a full page image. Every single page was like, Ooh, I haven't seen a, you know, I haven't seen and um, so it was actually a little more conceptual and, yeah. and like a weirder experience in the book form. Do you think that magazines are, that show nudity like this, um, do you think they're going to come back or do you think they're gone? 
I mean, I think they have come back because, you know, when I go to the book fairs the, the, um, and art book fairs, I'm, I see more of it. I see more people kind of in, taking that approach or being inspired by some of the same things that I was inspired by or, um, or explore, yeah, exploring that same kind of, kind of thing. So, so I, I think I'm seeing, I think I see more of it now. Like you're seeing, like, how are people expressing it in what way? Like, like in, specifically in print, but also I guess online there's, I, there are a lot of artists that are responding to sort of n- the nude presentation and how it's engaged electron digitally. And they might even like work that back into a print printed form. But, but I, I feel like it's still explored now. Okay. I guess I'm not going, I guess I'm not going to the right places. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of like coffee table books, you know, with the, yeah. the, male nude form and stuff like that. But I mean, I remember we had like the gay bookstore in my neighborhood and you would go and there would be like all these magazines. And I don't think, I don't even know where you would go to get those now. And if they have them um, and you know what the quality is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, all that type of content you, well, you know, I guess it's a broad, it's a broad collection of content. Um, but some of it is online. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like it, like the accessibility. What's interesting about digital and 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 online is as much as I'm you know fanatical with pinups about like the printed printed matter and that side to it. I also like lean into the digital. Um, you know, I, I, I when I started pinups. I think in like 2006, I had the idea to do it, but I didn't actually execute it until 2007 because I was really struggling with, okay, like I have this concept, but how am I actually going to like make it real? And I reached out to printers to get price quotes and try to figure out, should I do it? Should I do loose newsprint that opens up? That was the original concept. Um, and, it, and I just kept hitting walls. I think cause I was, you know, early 20s just like sending an email out to a printer and they're like what the hell like this kid wants like you know they're dealing with like companies that are buying like you know paying for huge runs yeah. and I'm like nothing so they wouldn't even respond to me and I finally like got to this point where I'm like you know what if if, if I don't just do it myself it's never going to happen and I, I went and used Xerox um, but what was interesting is like leading up to that point of like breaking down and just doing Xerox for the first four issues. I, um, I, to motivate myself, I created a MySpace page for, or a MySpace account for pinups, just to kind of like get it, the concept out and, and, um, and get some images out. And I feel like it kind of grew from that in a way. And I think that it spread online. Um, so I did kind of, I did, I do tap into that resource. I think it's important too. I think it, it brings, it, 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 you know, it allows me to have more exposure than I ever would have. Like when you look yeah. and think back on like straight to hell and publications that were circulated in the seventies that relied solely on mail circulation and word of mouth. Whereas now, I mean, I have global reach because of, because of the internet. Yeah. Do you feel, so when you started this, did you have a, like an intention besides the creative part of it? Did you have any other goals 
um, that you were striving for? Or was it just, I have this idea, I just need to get it out there and we'll just let it out to the universe and see what happens. That's the latter. I, I had the concept and it took me a really long time to kind of actually make it happen. And I think the first issue is very much an experiment. And I didn't even plan to do issue two. I was just like, can I make this? Let's try. And I finally did. And, um, and I was happy with it. And then from there, I'm like, yeah, I'll do another one right away. <laughs> and and um, so it was, a, it was a gradual thing. I think if, if I had told myself, like, you're going to make 20 issues over the course of like 10 years, I would be like, no way. Um, <laughs> that would have been daunting. So it was really like one, one step at a time, you know. And, but or, yeah, originally it was just an experiment in can I do this? Well, I'm so, I'm so glad that you did. So when you look at back at the fact that you have these 20 issues, like, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 now I think a lot of things I do are with that in mind, you know, with the thought that there's this sort of 10 year project and, um, and, and thinking in, in that context, but like, for example, the thought of like, well, when am I going to stop doing this? You know, um, I think, I think a lot more in terms of like the, the larger scale project looking in retrospect, it is weird to think back and to look at individual old issues mm-hmm. uh, and think back on them. I have, it's just a collection of like stories like, Oh, you know, when we shot that issue, issue, this happened or. Are you someone that kind of, that looks back on everything or are you more focused on what's in the future? What's next in terms of pinups? A bit of both. I mean, I think yep. when I think about the future of pinups, I think about the context of what it has become and like that progression. But I'm also very much thinking about what that means in the future. So I'm, I, I don't really like look back on like any one individual issue and like, mm-hmm get lost in it as much as I maybe it would be fun. I, I don't even like look through them that much anymore. They're just kind of yeah. um, part of my, my, my home and you know, they're just always around, but um, yeah, it is interesting to, to, to look back. I think I have, well, I've changed a lot as a, as a creator. And, um, and so it's just, it is interesting. Actually, speaking of looking back, I, uh, because of COVID and, um, you know, and being working from home I had this moment of like this creative energy and I was like, Oh, I'd love to do another photo shoot or do something new with pinups. But, um, but I wasn't able to. So instead I, it forced me to reexamine some of the older work and look through older work. And I found some really great images that I, that I discarded long ago for whatever reason, like maybe it didn't fit in the ratio of the page. Um, and so they found new life and I did a, uh, an, a, a new edition of three images from, from old uh, material. So that was exciting. And I think that, that it was exciting to create something new that was looking back on old material. And, yeah. And, yeah. Well, do you have your next set, next um, photographer that you're going to be using for your next? No. I mean, I have someone in mind that I want to reach out to, but I haven't reached out and, because I don't know when it would be appropriate to start that project up again. Right. You know? um, I think, I think we're hopefully going to be out of the woods soon 
at least in New York, I think things are feeling a lot safer outside. So okay. we'll see. Okay. Well, I think you need, you need to do a pinups uh, edition in an abandoned amusement park. Oh, an abandoned amusement park? <laughs> you have, do you have any recommendations for those? We, uh, yeah, we can find one for you. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few, know, of, there's actually, few of them. There's few of them. There was a few of them around. Actually, that re that makes me re realize I missed an opportunity to do some kind of re weird post-apocalyptic looking shoot in empty New York City. Oh, you're right. I saw some crazy shots that were taken in like April that are pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. it's, it's tough because you know New York City. It's so hard to find a location to shoot nudes. It's not a, not a photo studio. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy that I got to talk to you. Um, yeah, you know, I, as I mentioned, I've been a fan. And other than the, we, you and I did meet briefly uh, back in like 2009, 2010, when I happened to be in New York during a small little book fair, like right after I discovered the magazine. And I went and we did meet. And um, so I'm, I'm glad that you were able to answer all my questions. Yeah, yeah, happy to talk about it anytime. Yeah, and I think, and, you know, I think your magazine is just an example of like pure creativity, like because it's photography, it's clever, it's tactile. There's just so many dimensions to it that it activated my brain and activates my brain. And I just, when I th think of you and creating something out of nothing that's so interesting and unique. I just think that's wonderful and amazing. So, I mean, that's oh, really, wow. that's why you. I wanted to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think, I think um, that's one of the nice, the things I love and probably why I've stuck with it is there's this total freedom, you know, it's not, it's not, there's no commercial um, it's not driven by any kind of commercial thought or like, Oh, how can I sell more or get more people? It's, it's like, I mean, there's kind of like this sort of selfish element of like this, I just want to do this. I want to make this and this is what I'm going to do. Um, and so it's, it's really rewarding to, to be able to have that freedom in creating, you know, a publication. Yeah. Yeah, completely. That, that makes total sense. No ads, no, no none of no that. <laughs> Even though it's inspired by an ad, but yeah. yeah. So where can people, um, so are your, are, your your additions are all available on your website. Is that where people yeah. should go? Yep. Which is pinupsmag.com. Pinupsmag.com. And then yeah. is there any place else that people can follow you on social media? Yeah, I mean pinups I'm on um, Instagram now with pinups. I think it's pinups magazine is the handle. Okay, great. There's a it's all on the website you can Link all right, perfect. It. And I think you have, um, don't you have like a bundle right now or you have like all, I think last time I went on there, you had some sort of bundle or all the additions or a lot of them. Well, it's not everything. It's, it's just a bundle of what's left, what's still available because I've sold out of uh, quite a few. So it's a bundle of, I think there's like 12 issues that are still available now. All right. So, it, so does that include Scott uh, uh, with his morning wood? For now, yeah. All right. So, so anyone listening to this, out. you need you. That's a good one. And how about <laughs> yeah. the wrestlers? They're still available. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for talking with me. This was great. Thank you. 
My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.